Good evening, Boston. Welcome to BNN News. I'm Faith Amaphidon. Thanks for tuning in. Roslindale Farmers Market is back for the summer and the community celebrated the annual event with music, performances and fresh produce. The forecast last Saturday called for gray skies and light rain. Five, four, three. But undaunted, the Roslindale community withstood the conditions, proudly cutting the ribbon for the opening of the Roslindale Village Main Street Farmers Market, now in its 18th season. You can't help but smile when you're at the Roslindale Farmers Market. You've got people all around you, kids, um, so many cool things to eat, eat and try and sit down and be entertained. I'm just having a great time here with my family. Great sense of community today. At the Rosendale Farmers Market, you definitely get a sense of community, a sense of closeness, a sense of um, familial togetherness, and it's great to see the community coming together to have an event such as this one. Every Saturday, farmers and artisans will offer fresh produce and goods, showing how accessible fresh food can be. Featuring clowns, live music performances, and fun games for the whole family, the afternoon set the tone for summer. We come here almost every Saturday throughout the summer. Um, my kids look forward to it. I have three little kids and they run into their friends and I run into their parents and it's just a great sense of community. It brings us all together. It's such an important part of why we live in Roslindale and why we stay. Um, and it's great to come and support the local farms and businesses that bring their wonderful produce and um, items to sell here for all of us to enjoy. So it's just so special to us. This Roslindale Farmer's Market is definitely a gem in the Roslindale Square. I mean, having community spaces like this where people can gather and uh, be together for the activities that they have for the kids and, and, and parents, but also just support local businesses, uh, it's wonderful. It's like, it's integral to have this for, for any community. The market emphasizes the importance of healthy, affordable food for all. That's incredibly important. Uh, we often have folks who uh, need access to farm fresh food or far, uh, farm to table food, but don't have access to it, don't feel like it's accessible to them. But places like this make it very accessible for folks to feed their families healthy food, and I think that's incredibly important. The feeling of unity was a great launch into the summer, and locals are looking forward to more sun this Saturday. Boston Public Schools announced a huge investment in its newest program that aims to uplift students and increase access to quality education. On Tuesday, Mayor Michelle Wu and Superintendent Mary Skipper announced a brand new project for BPS schools, vision for Boston high schools and student success. Space constraints have in many ways held these schools back from expanding their programming and partnerships, from having a true home of their own. And so today we're excited to announce a proposal that would change that by renovating and expanding Madison Park across this entire campus and building a state-of-the-art STEM campus for the John D. O'Brien School of their very own at the West Roxbury Education Complex. The city plans to invest in rebuilding Madison Park Technical Vocational High School into a nation-leading vocational tech campus. The new STEM campus is a major addition to the BPS school system. The program will also offer early college to Charlestown High School students through a partnership with Bunker Hill Community College and expand the dual language Margarita Muniz Academy and Jamaica Plain. The school's physical environment should reflect our academic one. Space is designed to nurture big ideas, not confine them. That is our vision for every single school in Boston and especially for high schools where we see the greatest disparities. 
across each and every high school in BPS, we are going to ensure that there's rigorous coursework and rewarding programming, enriching partnerships and college and career pathways, all housed in state-of-the-art facilities. The mayor and superintendent believe that all BPS students should have access to excellent facilities where they can expand academic skills and extracurricular interests that will increase their chances for a successful future. High schools are a short runway. You know, students, you know, before had four years, now six years. But in that time, when they leave us, they leave us, which means if they don't have the career skills, if they don't have the academic skills to succeed in college and they don't have a firm plan, you know, they go out and they're not prepared for life and our job is to prepare them for life so the high schools have to be a place where quality cannot be something that happens in one location and doesn't happen in another right now the school does not have enough space even for the scale of science labs for a math and science school to accommodate everyone they don't they share sports space with Madison Park right now and we heard from track team members about how they're always having to wait to see when that becomes available for their team. And so um, we believe that each of our high schoolers deserves to be in a community that has its own facilities and sports teams and um, academic opportunities, performing arts spaces. Community members and BPS alums showed their support for the renovation of the schools and encouraged Boston Public Schools to continue the investment in their students. Being an alum of John Dale Bryant when it was Boston Tech, we were on Townsend Street, and when the building or the school was moved to this current location, we always felt like it was inadequate, myself and my fellow alums of O'Brien High. And so to see this opportunity come now, it's great, and we think it's fantastic. Our alums are in support of it. Our students are in support of it because we know the value of having your own building and your own space to be able to learn. If the inner city kids receive those same opportunities, same resources, same support. There's no doubt in my doubt in my mind, I'm living proof, I'm born and raised in Rock Green, proud to say, that if given all those support systems that the suburban schools and private schools get, then they, of course, you, you'll see that there'll be so more successes coming out of the inner city. With the resources and monies coming for our youth, that's gonna make a major, major difference. Get ready, everybody. Boston continues to emphasize equity in education and academic opportunities by creating a new grant program for Boston students. Digital Ready, an educational program that equips students with the skills and agency to succeed in their future careers, has teamed up with Boston Public Health Commission and Children's Services of Roxbury to offer scholarships to Boston students of color who wish to pursue careers in STEM, health sciences, public health, and behavioral health. The project is designed to address critical workforce shortages, increase representation in key industries, create generational wealth, improve access to health services, and to build a more equitable and inclusive Boston. The scholarship deadline is June 18th. Applicants must be Boston residents who have been accepted into a Boston-based accredited college or university as a full-time student in STEM, health science, public health, or behavioral health, they must also self-identify as black, indigenous, or a person of color and be 17 or older by June 30th. For more information or to complete an application, you can, can, you can scan the QR code on the screen. 
According to Massachusetts Biotechnology Council, the biopharma research and development workforce has continued to show 17.2% year-over-year employment growth, second only to California. So it was only fitting that the Biointernational Convention took place this week at the Boston Convention and Exhibition Center. This week, the four-day Biointernational Convention lit up the seaport as over 10,000 international and domestic companies across the biotech industry gathered to network, share presentations, and stand up for science. With nearly 36,000 people in attendance, the Boston Convention and Exhibition Center was the perfect place to host the world's largest meeting of biotech professionals. At Monday's conference opening, Mayor Wu, joined by life science leaders and employers, announced a new initiative that would cement Boston's position as a national hub for biotech and life sciences by training and developing a pipeline of Boston residents equipped to enter the growing biotech career field. We know that in the years ahead, the regional life sciences industry will need thousands of new workers, and they continue to grow right here in Boston. And as the world's leading life sciences hub, Boston must be prepared to meet that demand by drawing on the talent that lives right here in our city today. That's why we are so excited today to announce Boston's Life Sciences Workforce Initiative, a commitment to connect 1,000 Boston residents with careers in the life sciences sector by the end of 2025. This is um, indeed the largest and most significant biotech hub in the world. Vertex is just a mile down the street, but we are one company of many who are making new medicines for patients around the world. And if that's the industry that defines Boston, that it must be the case. It is only right that we have workforce development that allows our citizens of the city and the state to enter this most wonderful career and for employers like myself and our company to have access to talent. I am so convinced what is wrong with our country can be fixed with what's right with our country. And I think today you see with this effort what is right with our country, what can be right with our country to create true pathways for folks to gain access to livable wage jobs in our community. But we have this opportunity in front of us, right, to work together to create pathways for young adults to get meaningful careers in one of the greatest industries in this planet, life sciences. We cannot afford to leave anyone behind as the city grows and workforce needs remain in high demand. As everyone here knows, especially our partners here on stage, we have an opportunity to tap talent and rising talent across Boston's diverse neighborhoods to access technical training, on-the-job training, internship experiences, and more as a way to uh, access meaningful careers right here in the city and the region. This city, our commonwealth, and the life sciences industry will benefit in having this talent become the next lab technician, the next biotech manufacturing associate, the next quality assurance leader in our life sciences companies. My Brother's Keeper Boston was born out of a commitment between former Mayor Martin J. Walsh and the Obama Foundation to support young men of color in our city. And last week, their cups were filled with the wisdom that only those who have come before them can give them. Y'all all have the same exact aspirations. So why not help each other get to those aspirations together? 
that's what I'll say to y'all. I'm challenging y'all to understand that y'all all want the same things. So find out how y'all can help each other get there together. Learning from those who have actually experienced what we're going through may be the best teacher of all. Last Friday, My Brother's Keeper Boston Youth Empowerment Summit took place in Roxbury. Self-determination is really important. And once you, you acknowledge like it's in you to be successful, then you could channel that same energy and, and choose to push forward and, and, and make those things happen. And with the support of the people around you, making sure you have the right people around you to keep going and to, to refill and replenish uh, your battery pack when you feel low, that's the, that's the best time to even go harder because there's people who rely on you who are looking at your example and your stewardship to do it. Hosted by the Mayor's Office of Black Male Advancement, the morning event held space for young men of color to ask questions, absorb knowledge, and reflect on advice from a panel of mentors, all of whom understand the impact a little encouragement can have on a young man's life. It's important to have, you know, someone to pour into your life, to support you, that cares about you. You know, growing up in, in the city, I know I had countless mentors, countless, um, you know, support system, whether it's from our community centers, the YMCA, you know, school system, or just in the community or sports. Um, and it's important that everyone has that support system, um, you know, whether it's to encourage you when you're doing something well um, or to, you know, pull your coat if you're making a mistake and let you know that, you know, you're going down the right track. When I was ready to give up as a young kid, I thought about my parents, my family, and those that poured into me as a kid and was my support system. So I didn't want to let them down. Um, and that was something that, you know, continues to guide me today. Um, having people that they see you as a whole person, right? And they let you know that, like, I see you, I see what you're going through, I'm here, but you gotta keep going, right? Yet believing in yourself first is fundamental, as you never know who may be watching you as an example. Each and every one of them know, don't do nothing illegal around me, because if it's between me and you, I'm gonna choose myself, I'm gonna choose my family, right? And they respect that, right? But a real friend will respect that. A real friend's not gonna do anything to jeopardize your life, and you're not gonna do anything to jeopardize theirs, all right? Know who you are, know who the company you keep. When I want people to talk about me, I want people to know that I'm a very hardworking, dedicated person, and I just wanna make sure that I put myself in the best position. So whenever I wake up in the morning or whenever something doesn't go my way, I know that's gonna happen because it's life. Life can take you many different places, some good, some bad, and there's a lot of trials and tribulations with it. So I know as long as I learn and make better with the next opportunity that I'm given, I'll be able to just be the best version myself. The mission of My Brother's Keeper Boston is to eliminate societal, economic, and educational barriers for young men of color ages 8 to 30. Friday's summit gave visibility to these young people and what they go through. And with a supportive village of like minds and guidance, they'll reach their fullest potential, no matter what obstacles they face. Louisa Harris is the executive director and curator of the Mission Hill Arts Festival, a series of exciting summer events from June 10th through August 19th for residents to enjoy various art forms, all while engaging with artists and gaining new perspectives. She joined us in studio to discuss the festival's third season and how Mission Hill Arts Festival is bringing communities together to celebrate the arts. Here's the interview. Mission Hill Arts Festival returns for its third edition of the Summer Series at the Yard in Mission Hill. Yeah. Um, it's happening June 10th through August 19th. 
Can you share what led you to start this festival um, in the first place and how it's evolved over the past few years? Yeah. So um, it started uh, in April 2021 as COVID, we were in the midst of COVID still. And uh, my husband and I thought of um, some ways to encourage both the artists who have been on a sideline for a year and a half, if not longer, and also the community, right? To be able to come out, gather, even if it's six feet apart and with masks, but at least seeing each other. So we, uh, we, we knew of this location, uh, the yard at the Tobin Center, and uh, within a couple of months, we were able to reach out uh, to the artists, see if they were interested, the location and so forth. And we were prepared to support it financially completely. We had not been in, on vacation for a couple of years because of COVID. So mm. we thought of investing in the, art, in the arts and the community. However, when we started talking with the local organization, they were so much willing to cooperate with us. So that was very encouraging to us. And uh, we went for it. And um, it was meant to be just one time. <laughs> but it, it went very well. And uh, the, the audience throughout the summer as they came, they really expressed their interest in and keep on having it, as well as also the local organization. They really saw how the events were professionally made, the artists were outstanding, so they actually encouraged us to keep on going. So came, <laughs> we did it again last year. At the end of last year, again, there were people proposing artists and saying, please do it again. So we come to the third year. So it, it, it's been a learning experience. It's been really interesting. I think, um, you know, I guess just like uh, Michelangelo with um, a piece of uh, marble, I uh, really see the arts, um, the potential in the arts to connect audience and um, uh, the artist in, in a, a more uh, involved way, in a sense. And for example, the format of the festival, each event um, presents either a musician or a dancer in this case uh, this year, but we also include a time of dialogue. Hmm. And to me, that's key, uh, a key part of the festival. And I, I've learned to enjoy a lot more. I'll tell you a few reasons for it. But, I really think that the art's um, purpose is to um, prompt conversation, prompt uh, expressing emotions, right? Inviting that dialogue, inviting that vulnerability, if you want to, or exploration or play. So for me, that is, um, that's what a festival is about. It's, um, it's really community. And it definitely shows when an, an audience is engaged yes. as well, and there's a, a demand for it. So this year's uh, concert theme is exuberance. I'd yeah. love to know what that means to you, and uh, what elements of this summer's concert most excite you? Mm -hmm. um, okay, so uh, yes, we have a 
theme. We have had it from the beginning because um, it is the festival. It's a fest, so it's a celebration, but also kind of a manifest in a sense that we want to propose something to think about as you come. This year it's exuberance. Um, I felt that it's a word that we don't use very much and it's a feeling that we almost have no time for it, right? So I thought, okay, let's talk about it. <laughs> let's put this thought in people's mind. You know, it's, it's really, I think it's that energy that um, kind of lure us from the quiet, neutral moods to um, new discoveries, to you know, trying out something that you haven't done before, to go to places where you may have not thought of, right? It's that energy that it's kinetic because it's not just um, excitement, it actually prompts you to do something, right? Uh, you see something and you're like, yes. <laughs> so I felt that, you know, um, Sometimes we are so constricted by the visions that we are given, you know, through media or just different things, that, uh, circumstances in life, and we forget our own visions and how we could um, think of a world that might be. And I think exuberance is that energy, that passion, that drive that uh, we need to apply to rediscover beauty, um, interest and, um, you know, value all these things. Who are some of the performers that audiences will experience this year? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, hard for me to point out a few, but, um, I will try my best. So we have a, um, two different type of jazz performers. Um, Bill Pierce, who is a, one of the greatest in a jazz world and Lee Fish, a younger person with uh, much talent. Um, we have um, an outstanding um, emerging artist that is Jalen Bunch, who will uh, present a dance performance. Jalen is a incredibly talented choreographer, dancer, uh, singer, uh, actor, uh, I forget what else, I mean, multidisciplinary, and he has a passion for life and arts. And so his project really uh, draw me in. And um, so I think that's one performance that I am really excited as well. As the festival's curator, uh, why is it important for local artists to have an outlet such mm -hmm. as the Mission Hill Arts Festival? Mm -hmm. Fortunately, Boston is becoming more... Um, available to the artists and, and to me that's encouraging. I think the Mission Hill Arts Festival is um, a good platform to present your own project without restriction. So I do have a conversation with the artists when I am interested in, in presenting them, but it's, it's again a decision that we make, do we fit with the theme, with the audience, with the outdoor space and so forth. So I think it's good to have a platform where they can just present what they have been working on without too many restrictions. That's perfect. So plenty of variety for audiences to choose yes. from. And for our viewers, how can they learn more about the festival and attend? Yes, um, there are different ways. You uh, can go to our website, which is um, MH, which stands for Mission Hill, 
artsfest.org. Um, you can go to our Facebook page, um, Eventbrite, and a few other different outlets. As long as you input the name Michelino Arts Festival, it will direct you. Stefan Allard is a Canadian violinist who has always had a taste for music and performance. A renowned violinist in classical, jazz and variety, Stefan has been a part of the Cirque du Soleil family since 2002. This Berklee College of Music alum returns to Boston for Cirque du Soleil's Coretto, which is playing now through Sunday, June 11th at the Aganis Arena on, at Boston University's campus. And he gave us a peek at his talent for violin. Enjoy the conversation. Stefan, it is such a treat to have you here in the studio. Thank you for being here today. Oh, thank you for inviting me here today. I'm yeah. very happy. And um, you're returning to some very real Boston roots as a Berkeley College of Music alum. How does it feel to be back in the city with Cirque du Soleil's Cortio? Well, I have to say it makes me very proud because uh, as all the musicians, you know, when you do a, you study, you go to college, you practice, your dream, your biggest dream is to go on tour and see the world with your instrument. That's, that's what I'm doing right now. And there's a very special connection with uh, Berkeley and Cirque du Soleil as we have a group of students coming um, to see uh, the, the show on uh, Saturday. And that would be nice to talk with them because I was there one day and uh, they can, can see that it's, it can happen. I mean, you can dream and you can do it and it can happen. All things are definitely possible. And uh, speaking of Cortillo, what is the story behind the show and what are you most excited for audiences to see? Well, Cortillo is a celebration of life. It's a family show. The main character, Mauro, is uh, revisiting his life through acrobatic numbers, actually. Very high acrobatic numbers. And it's a celebration of life. Happiness, it's very poetic. Um, and it's beautiful. And I'd love to talk about your journey with the show and the music. You've been part of the Cirque du Soleil family since 2002. You joined the Cortio cast in 2009, took some time away, and then you returned in 2012. Uh, what are the new things that you've discovered about this show and your music as a violinist? Bob, during these years we all grow. Uh, I continue doing music, doing a lot of experimental music. Uh, I love to improvise. So coming back to a show, my goal now, because we repeat that show, you know, we've been doing a lot of shows, is maybe not to play always the same thing, you know. So that's the main goal for me. It's a challenge because it's very easy. If I don't think, if I just play, it's not even me that's playing, it's the finger that goes because it's so much in my ADN, you know, my, in my blood. Hmm. So the challenge for me is just to try to play something different every show, which is uh, quite a challenge. It's fun. Hmm. And uh, this is a remarkable show. It's a very involved show. Uh, prepping for Cortio is a production in and of itself. Uh, just a couple of things that I had read about it. There are 260 costumes, 200 bottles of liquid foundation use, and 13 gallons of makeup remover. <laughs> uh, what's your ritual for getting ready? And what do you love most about uh, the character that you play? Well, my, uh, my day is like I go to the arena for the sound check. Then uh, 
we start doing the makeup, which is the part that now I like very much. Put some music. It's very zen. You just concentrate with the makeup and get ready for the show. Make it sound so easy. Yes, but it is not. I do my <laughs> own makeup. I'm getting better now. And it looks very nice. And uh, I'd love to know, what feeling would you like your audiences to take away from Cordio? Well, uh, among all the numbers and the character that they will see and the props and all the, all the beautiful props that are on stage, not on stage, the curtain, I mean, everyone will take something different. I mean, that they will, that will touch them. It's going to be different for everyone, I would say. Corteo is a two-sided show. Huh? There's an audience on both sides. So we play for both sides of the show. So um, there's... Uh, and the musician also, we are in four different corners. We are very, very tight together without being very close. We all play with in-ears. And there's a band leader, Roger that uh, tell us what to do. So we play because sometimes the numbers uh, can change, something can happen. The artist will redo something, so we have to go back to a section. So it's all done um, by, uh, with the in-ears. And even though we're not together, we play very much together. I love that. And how can viewers learn more about Corteo or Attend? But you can go to the website, the Cirque du Soleil website, and all the social media. There's a lot of videos, uh, backstage, uh, tour, interview, and etc. I love it. Can't wait to see it. Uh, so, Stefan Allard, violinist and performer with Cortio with Cirque du Soleil, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for inviting me. And break legs. Thank you. That's our broadcast for tonight, Boston. Thank you for tuning in. We wish you a very happy Boston Pride weekend. For BNN News, I'm Faith Mathedon. I'll see you next Friday.